Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode of In The Fake Podcast. I'm joined here with Brandon and Chris. We, uh, we've got a juicy one today, guys. We do. We have uh, the 22nd uh, December start date that's been recently approved. And what that means for free agency and the draft, we're going to go over potential landing spots for Drew Holiday. And also, what about Giannis? What's going to happen with him? Um, I'll put you over to Brandon now. And uh, I reckon we'll start with the start date. I think that's a pretty significant call on behalf of the NBA. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, we were anticipating the NBA to release a start date for the season, length of the season, kind of specifics being a shortened off season. Um, and, and with the NBA and the NBA PA um, announcing that, oh, we approved a December 22nd start date of a 72 game season. Um, I think that was big news. It was anticipated, like I said, but um, we didn't know for sure. It was just it was just rumored as a day and rumored as how long um, the season was going to be game-wise. So I think the NBA did a great job with that. Um, there's no way you could bring it forward anymore. It would cram the offseason too much. So I think a 72-game season is going to be beneficial. I mean, yes, mind you, the last 10 games, you know, that 82-game season, it makes a difference. But 72 games, I believe, would um, also best represent, um, you know, kind of what the season looks like normally as best as they can. Um, GT, what do you think about that? Um, I feel like it's still a bit too early um, for the, the December 22nd. I know that we all miss basketball. We all want it back. But you got to think now it's December. It's November 9th now for you, November 10th for me. You've got just over, just under six weeks for free agency, for training camps, for the draft. It's just, it's a massive, massive um, project for every single team. Like, regardless if you played in the playoffs or not, you got to think about what's happening in um, Los Angeles and Miami. Like, you, they just finished the, the their series about four and a half weeks ago, five weeks ago, and they're about to jump into a 72-game season. Um, I feel like it's a bit too early. I reckon they should have pulled off to mid-January. Um, but, obviously, the NBA knows what they need. And if they can get this done smoothly and every player agrees to it, then um, I think it could work. Well, so I think that's the problem, though, is a lot of players don't agree. They're actually really pissed off that they're doing this because, you know, they're, they're about 70 days out from playing in the playoffs and they're about to start a whole new season. If it's back in the bubble again, that means for X amount of time, their family can't even be there. So now these guys are, are trapped in the bubble with no, no family, no fans again. I, I'm, not, I'm not too sure. I, I know that I've, I've read some stuff about – um, a decent amount of NBA players being pretty ticked off that they're they're starting it now and not rolling it. You know, the, the players weren't asking for much. I think it was, you know, uh, mid-January is, is all that they were looking for. Um, so I, I don't I don't know, man. It, I Of course, I love 72 games, but, you know, you got to keep your players happy. No, I, I agree with that. I think the problem with mid-January start – okay, so let's see. If you start December 22nd and you have a 72-game season, in between December 22nd and, let's say, mid-January, let's say pinpoint middle of January, January 15th, your your team's approximately going to play, what, 10 to 12 games in that span? Eight uh, On the safe side, I'll say 8 to 10. You're talking then reducing that to a 62-game season, risking that, or even a 60-game season, does that best represent an NBA season, though? I understand that there are players that are threatening not to play, Danny Green being one of them. But 
you big have. Loss. What did you say? It's a big loss. Oh, big loss. Totally. Of course. And, you know, Danny Green, right? Um, but I think, you know, you have to, in a sense, have something as close to a season as possible. And the NBA is thinking about this financially, if you think about it. Because what is the biggest day in the NBA regular season for basketball? It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It would be Christmas. The Christmas games. They're, They're thinking of numbers. They're thinking of viewers. They're thinking of money. That's why they're starting at December 22nd. And I believe it, there's even been articles written that Adam Silver has even said, you know, we want to have Christmas games because that's a tradition. So I, I'm yeah. sure that played a big factor in determining where the season starts. And I understand players and their families, you know, it, it's it's going to be a struggle with them in the bubble again. And, and, you know, I think the NBA also has to give them an option to to opt out of the season. You know, I think that's that's 100% fair to give them that option because not a lot of players are going to want to, you know, like you said, go from the finals and now be, you know, uh, what is it, seven weeks away from the season and go right back into the bubble. No one, like, it's going to be a very tough time, especially um, the NBA players who are dads. You know, you want to see your kids, like, and you want to spend time with your family now that you've endured the bubble for so long. So I understand both ends of the spectrum in wanting to have an NBA season, but also, you know, wanting to have time to spend time with your family and spend the holidays even with your family. Yeah, that's it's going to be it's going to be hard and, and I get it. You definitely do need to uh, as the NBA, you got to make money and you got to keep going, which is understandable. Um that's one thing we really haven't heard of though, what you said. So we haven't heard of the NBA coming out and saying, Hey, you know, if you want to opt out of X amount of season or full season, you know, this is the, the route to go. And maybe that's what they have to do, right? Like maybe that's how they make some of these players happy. Like you still make money because you're still playing and you're still going to get views. Um, but then, you know, then it rolls around to stuff like LeBron James is really pissed that, you know, they're doing this too. So if let's say LeBron James just, you know, opts out of half the season or the full season, like where do your, where's your money go then? You know what I mean? So can you have it for certain players and not for other ones or how do you do that? Right. Yeah. Um, it's just going to sound pretty harsh, but I, I believe that this is a business and, and you think of it as a business, you know, I'm not, I'm, I never believed in the shut up and dribble mentality, but in this situation, the NBA's last year lost $400 million just on sponsorship. Yeah, $400 million on sponsorship. If the NBA needs to start at an earlier date, then I'm sorry, as, as, as a professional, as, 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 as harsh as it's going to sound, you need to start playing. When the NBA tells you to start, it's, it's time to ball, it's time to ball. I don't care if you're LeBron James or Danny Green or, or you know, Isaiah Hardenstein. You know, I don't care who you are. You're a professional, and if they need you to start playing, you need to start making money for the company. And it's 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 a harsh reality, but that's the business that they're in. They're fully expected to 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 do it. And, and there will be ways if they don't want to start. There's going to be ways for um you know players to not be able to play, and they might take that extra couple of games off. It's going to hurt your team, and it's not going to look great on you. But unless a star like LeBron James does publicly go out and say. I'm not starting on that day. He can say he's pissed off and everything like that, but if he goes out publicly and says, I'm not playing, then that's a different story. 
because you, you you get one of those guys, you're going to get them all. Chris Paul, you know, they're, they're both leaders of the um, the player association. If they don't like it, then they're going to make their feelings known. So I feel like the NBA can't afford to start at a later date like that. That's just my opinion. Um, if they want to make the Christmas Day games, they know what they know why. They're not doing it for no reason. They know they need their money and they need to um to pick up revenue again. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that's gonna put so then from what we've seen, that puts the draft at uh, I believe it was November eighteenth, and we haven't had a um specific date like you were saying on free agency yet, but they said it's gonna yeah. come soon after because of training camp starting on December first. This is going to be. I read. This is going to be a wild, wild end of November. I'm going to tell you that. So we're gonna we're gonna just off topic for a second, but we're gonna to have to do a decent amount of these over the next month, I would assume, just because of the fact that we're gonna have a really wild. Uh, you know, we're jumping right from the draft is what ten days away now, I guess. Yeah. So ten, 10 days, days away, us. and then maybe a couple days after that, you're looking at free agency and people moving yeah. around, and I mean, it's going to be nuts. The end, the it's amount of crazy. NBA headlines we're going to have is just uh, unimaginable. It's it's going to be. We're going to have emergency podcasts at <laughs> four in the morning for you. <laughs> like, right. like emergency of the emergency when Chris, if Kawhi Leonard gets traded, we're talking about it. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, and this off season, just like the pandemic has made life like on any other, like, like a, not like any other uh, year. It's the same thing with anything. You know, this off season is so unconventional that everything has to be crammed into such a small and confined space that, you know, it's okay, you know, GM just went through drafting, you know, their players. Now, three days later, here's free agency, you know, start signing people now. And then 10 days after that, okay, now your training camps are starting. That's, it's, it's gotta be a stressful time for any, anybody on the staff of a team, uh, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, even whether you're a GM or an owner, it's, it's, it's a very stressful time. And, you know, it, it just has to be done. I mean, in order to fit the season in. Well, I feel like, 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 I think it was last, I don't know if it was, no, it was a podcast before when we were talking about it a little bit and it was said, you know, I think one of the, the good things, not good because there really hasn't been anything good. I would say out of this pandemic. Um, one of the things that did happen though, was it gave them some time off to not only evaluate teams, but evaluate players that you might pick up in, you know, uh, free agency or draft prospects. So I would assume that most of the, most of the teams, uh, front offices know where they're going to go by now. I I would think that they have a feeling or, you know, some sort of roadmap to it. I think it's going to be harder on the players, the chemistry between the new players and the older players during training camps. I think those are going to be the hardest hit things, but I feel like front offices are probably pretty set right now on where they need to go. Uh, they had a lot of time to just kind of pay attention to it and study it. Yeah, I think that's a great point to make. I think the, the players are definitely going to get the brunt of it. Um, you know, the chemistry, like you said, between the, the new players, um, 
and even some chemistry from injured players from last year, uh, specifically pointing out Kyrie and Kevin Durant, which GT and I talked about in the last podcast. I think for even teams like that who have never really played basketball together, I think it, it'll be just as challenging for Kyrie and Kevin Durant as it is for, for new teammates um, that will be signed in this, in this shortened off season. What do you think, GT? Um, I, in the shortened off season, you're going to see a lot of things. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of player movement. You're going to see a lot of people being upset because of the short, um, the short notice they're going to get. They're going to be telling, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, um, sorry, fantasy. I feel like, um, uh, you know, heads of teams and things like that. These 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 organizations will know what what they're doing with their players, um, and it's just going to be. I want to feel like it's not going to be a frenzy. It's not going to be like what happened last year, where everything was everyone was getting traded. You know, um, I feel like people know what the organization wants from them, and they've made their decisions in a lot of it. They've got their deals lined up, but if you hit a tail, you, you know, if you hit this. Um, if you hit a reset button now, as in like if you see a team like um, just just say for for argument's sake, you go to Indiana, they're going to trade Victor Oladipo, they trade Miles Turner, you know they're going to be wanting a lot back. So you're going to think to yourself, wait, if that happens, then that happens, and then it's going to be a chain reaction. So you're going to think about one deal happens and it keeps happening, going from there. We could have a day where there's 15, 12, 15 to twenty trades just in that day. And that could be the first day, that could be the last day. We don't know, um, but. The only thing I'm worried about, yeah, is team game chemistry via the training camps. Because you look what Jimmy Butler did when he got to Miami. Um, sorry to use Miami as an example again, but he took took it upon himself to make sure that he knew every one of his teammates. He got there training with Tyler Hero at 3 a.m. He did it, you know, and he became close with his team. And, you know, that's ultimately the major factor in their title run this year. Um, so I feel like it's going to be... It's going to be very interesting because... <clears throat> I, I don't know what's what big free agents like Giannis, like um, like Giannis, like Hayward, what they what these people are thinking because they could be leaving, they could be staying. I don't think that Milwaukee has the slightest clue as to what Giannis wants at the moment. He's been very vague in his answers. I want to go back to something that you said. You said uh, trades, right? So that kind of leads us into where we were going on the the second one because Giannis is someone I keep for. Kind of the end. There's there's a lot to say about Giannis, I think, and I think that yep. we were talking a little bit about it. But you said trades, and and you brought up uh, to us uh, Drew Holiday being on the block um, from what you've mm. seen with a couple different yep. trades. So the the trades that you saw were not anything that I've I've seen, and and um, I I listening to him, I think the Nets trade that you were talking about uh, yep. sounds. Probably the best. I don't know if you you didn't really go into specifics about like Golden State because I think you said Golden State was one of them. So if you do me a favor, just kind of go into a little bit more specifics about the the trades that you saw, uh, the potential yep. ones, and then let's let's kind of go on on that. I want to I want to hear more about it. Yep. Well, I'll start off with the Brooklyn Nets one. The um, Brooklyn Nets was the most likely to land Drew Holiday in today's um, sorry today's in, in this trade period coming up. The trade I saw was Dinwiddie. Uh, Levert and Jared Allen and in return they'd be getting Drew Holiday and um, what's his name and Nico Melli so that would have been I don't know how the cap works for that I've only seen this been work worked on you know hypotheticals but the Nets would be taking on about eight eight to ten million no sorry ten million to twelve more cap 
Millie needs more cap than um than than Brooklyn's. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, what's happening there because New Orleans would be getting a young shooting guard in Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie, and in return to be getting a a fairly aged Drew Holiday and the Nico Melli. So I believe there's a pick also going to New Orleans from Brooklyn. I think it's a watered down second round pick, but it, was, it does still all adds up. So that was the most likely go through. If you wanted to just, give your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, just really quick. Uh, sorry. Give me one. Just one. What do you, like, like I know you're about to get into it and I want to put this into, I want to have your answer from this as well too. Um, yep. So you said you said Dinwiddie, from what we saw in the playoffs from him, and I know it was kind of a short burst of, you know, what was it, one good game? Maybe two? It was two. It was two, right? right? Two. Yep. So is there potential there that is worth not trading for somebody like Drew Holiday, or well, it was that just kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime once in thing there? Well, that wasn't, for me, that wasn't, that's not the biggest piece of this trade at all. Um if anything, he's arguably the smallest piece of this trade. Um, your biggest part of this trade is 1,000% Karis LeVert. Karis mm. LeVert, I, in the playoffs, in the short span we saw the Brooklyn Nets, Karis LeVert consistently proved that he was the number one option on that injured team. And he was. Um, Jared Allen, yes, okay, you know. He had a bum rest of the season, bum playoffs, not not performing to what he was um, the year before. And Spencer Dinwiddie, like you guys said, had a couple good games. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, the pieces are there for that trade. But um, trying this on the ESPN trade machine, uh, GT, where, could you tell me real quick where you saw that trade on, uh, if you know? That was, uh, Blake, that was Bleacher Report. Bleacher, Bleacher Report. Was, yeah. Interesting. Because it failed. So that's, um, that's that's what I was saying as well, because they were yeah. saying um, they didn't use this. Obviously, they would not have used the interface of the ESPN trade machine. They had sure, their own program for that. So there's different ways to implement um, how to like put in middle level exceptions as well, as well as picks. So they believe that they've got a trade that works and the trade that um, is most appealing to them. But um, I still don't know why Brooklyn would pursue a trade for Drew Holiday. That's just that's that's just my opinion. Uh, when they've already got Kyrie, I feel like he'll be a great shooting guard alongside um, Kyrie. Also, give you a lot better defense than any option they would have now. But um, yeah, they 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 made a trade. They made it work as well. I feel like it'd be a sign and trade with Karis Levert as well because I think he's on his um, he, his his total contract is huge now. So um, yeah, it's it's more backloaded. So you'd be wouldn't be wanting to attach too much front up cap with that because if you look at um Karis deal, it's a pretty hefty contract um when you put it all together. So I feel like his best destination would be a Brooklyn. But for how long but I I don't know how um you really would be able to entice Brooklyn to give up that much to go get a Drew Holiday at his age. Yeah, the only thing I want to add to that is um that the ESPN trade machine is using the um, the current contract for this upcoming year. That is why the trade isn't successful. It still yep. shows on because Karis Levert, you're right. He signed a three-year, fifty-two point five million dollar contract. Agreed, yep. this huge contract. Right now, it shows that Karis Levert is at a two point six million dollar contract for four years. Yep. So um, maybe that it just hasn't updated yet. Um, yeah. 
if that would have updated, then yeah, you know, you're talking this trade is actually successful. You um, might even have to try to throw in a Garrett Temple to make that work. I believe that they had a, a piece like Garrett Temple or a um or a Musa in yeah, there. Yeah, of course. But right. to make that work, but I believe it, they, they made a trade that worked and they said it was the most likely to go through. But right. I don't know how, why Brooklyn would do that trade if I was them. That's just my opinion. No, I know, but you're just reporting on the trades that you saw. I, no, yeah, I get that. Yep. All right, so your thoughts, Chris? You said there were, well, there was, wow. I mean, I don't, I, I think Brooklyn constructed the way that it is would be fine. I'm not really sure. I think what you need to do before you even start looking at trading for anybody, you've signed everybody you wanted, right? You got mm-hmm. the big pieces. So I think before they go do anything like that, you let it roll through a season first, right? I agree. You, you see, right. You see where you go. Like, is so Levert is, you know, does he play well with these guys? Was that contract worth it? Um, obviously for his talent, you know, they obviously feel that it's worth it, but how does he work in, inside of the team with, um, with Durant and Irving on the floor? Like, how does that work out? So I think maybe you just give it a season. Then you start looking next season for something trade-wise. So I'm not really sure if that works. Right. Um, who were the other two teams that you said? I know one of them was Golden State. Yeah. yeah Golden State was, was one of them. Okay, and, give me um, that trade, sir. Yeah, so that trade, if I could pull it up, because I'm not too um, – I wasn't too educated on this one when I was just thinking about it now, but it That's was okay. Andrew Wiggins um, and a first-round pick okay. for Drew Holiday. Not so their first-round pick from this year. It would be – I think it was a 2023 or 2022 first-round pick. Um, that was top 10 protected, as well as Wiggins for Drew Holiday. So, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with my initial thoughts. Why? Um, I mean, unless you're throwing Drew Holiday to the three or Clay Thompson to the three, um, yeah, no, (laughs) I I don't like it at all. Um, I think if I'm Golden State, I like this a whole lot more than I am if I was um if I was New Orleans. Really? By 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 an absolute mile. Okay, well, I want to hear your thoughts on that for sure. Yep. So, actually, I've just brought the trade up now. Um, it was Drew Holiday for Andrew Wiggins and the second round pick, the second pick from this year. That's okay. what this trade was. Now, the 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 Warriors win this, in my opinion. Just but without that, we first said they they were winning it without giving that second pick. They're losing it by giving that second pick now for Drew Holiday at his age. Right. But the Pelicans are gaining a small forward who's proven to be productive at times, but very wasteful. And he's on a massive deal. So I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna pair him next to a Brandon Ingram is also on a massive deal. He also has a lot to prove going into um I think he won the most approved player this year. Um, yep. if I'm not if I'm not wrong. Correct. So he's got a lot to prove this year, and you're going to put him alongside someone making identical money at the same position when you've already got Josh Hart um, and Nico Melli backing him up. I don't know why they do that. So you're saying that that the the Golden State Warriors won this not because of who are they pick who they're picking up, but more so who yeah. they're dumping. They win it. They win it if they don't give the second pick, or they lose it if they give the second pick. That's got the way it. too much value in itself. That's, okay, that's the big one. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it'd be just a height, if, if they'd compare it height-wise or if they'd compare it skill-wise. Um, in my opinion, I'd say um, if you're if you're deciding between Drew Holiday and, and Clay Thompson to start at a three position, and, and, and I my think, yeah, honest uh, opinion... I, I think Clay. Clay I think Clay position. as well, just because I, I think he's got a little bit 
he's a little taller a, than, than Drew yeah, Holiday. He's a versatile defender as well. He's, actually, he reminds me a lot of um, of Drew Holiday on the defensive end. They're very um, similar. You know, they're quick on their feet, good good rotation. They've got good basketball IQ. Um, obviously, yeah. Clay's the better shooter, but you know that's just the, that's a whole different story. But I feel like without that second pick, they just they they win this trade because this. The Golden State Warriors, they never had big problems with their team, but they did have a little shock, a few shortcomings, um, which led to their loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers and um, and the Toronto Raptors, um, barring injuries, of course. Their their defense on the perimeter when Iguodala was off the floor um, and Clay was on the, you know, Clay would be able to do enough to keep them in, you know, keep them without conceding too much from the three point line, but without Iguodala on the floor as well. They were very, um, very like, not. I wouldn't say weak. Weak's not the correct word in this situation. They were very susceptible to um, to quick fast break buckets, and um, also if they were setting up five out or you know, like roaming the, the roaming the three point line, I feel like they were very vulnerable to those those types of shots. So if you got Drew Holiday in there now, he's an he's an elite perimeter defender, top five um, at, in his position for sure. So you'd be winning that trade easily. I love the idea of having Steph Curry, Drew Holiday on the same team. Each to complement each other. Yeah, so that's where I was going to go when you were when you were saying about how, uh, you know, they, they win the trade. I think even with the pick, they win the trade just because you you can't. I don't I don't feel like you can always put a price per se on IQ, right? So like yep. you lost Iguodala, okay? So now you don't have him, and you still got. Um, Draymond Green, you still have Clay Thompson, who are fantastic defenders, you know, right? But just adding another one on top of that, kind of like you had that Iguodala presence on top of those two, um, with already yeah. the the already offensive skill set that you have on that team, just from the just from Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, I don't know if that's such a bad idea, even with the pick. I I feel like that potentially could be really good for him. Um, I mean, it could, it, don't get me wrong. It could be very disastrous too, because then you're still playing a whole bunch of small ball, right? Like it's, yep. it's small, you, it's real small. And especially if they don't go sign in somebody, um, you know, to, to fill the inside next to Draymond Green, you're playing super small ball. And that's, that gets kind of risky, especially against somebody like the Lakers. Right. Um, mm. But I think the IQ is something that you can't pass up and you can't necessarily just put a price on uh the only reason i was saying with that with that um that pick if the pick was included it'd be a loss is because uh, i think in the significance of that pick you're tying it towards <clears throat> you yeah, that pick's been tied to, towards a lot of different players a lot of superstar names um that's the that's the key um hinge hinge piece for those trades you know that's the corner corner block of those trades um the Giannis trade that they were um you know there's just rumors going around with the Giannis trade, that the second round picks involved in that, the second round pick was involved for players like um, for Devin Booker if he ever wanted out, for players like Joel Embiid if he ever wanted out. You know, it's such it's got such a big weight to it. I feel like, and also I feel like they can get this trade done without giving that second round pick. I think you can convince New Orleans with with other enticing pieces, even if it does mean giving up another player, um, you know, like an Eric Pascal or something like that. I don't know. I I've never been high on. Pascal anyway, but if you were to give up two pieces and a second round pick, or um, just you could do that pick still with um, that trade still with Andrew Wiggins, but throw in two seconds or a later first or 
a top 10 protected first. I feel like they can get it done without giving um, the second pick away. I think that's just a bit of overkill. I think it's important to note as well when you guys were talking about small ball that the tallest player on the Golden State Warriors right now is 6'9". They have two players at 6'9", and those are the tallest players on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that's that's not going to cut it against the Lakers. Hey, I do have one question, though. I know you're about to say something. Oh, my apologies. I was trying to mute myself when I muted you, Chris. Could you please unmute yourself? All right, my bad. Yeah, so um, so first of all, that's crazy. That's not going to win against the Lakers. It's just, it's just not. But uh, I know you were saying um, second round pick a lot. Were you talking about the second pick overall? When I said the second, I was saying if they included the second pick, second overall pick, that's a second round pick. Yeah, you said second round a uh, bunch. And, and, yeah, and I, I, I wanted I, to make sure. I apologize. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 that's my fault. Yeah, I know. I just want to make sure. So then that way, because I, I was thinking to myself, well, man, a second round pick doesn't seem to. I mean, like you might be able yeah. to get Taj Gibson, right? Like we might get Taj Gibson out of it, <laughs> but we're not, you know, like I don't know, you know, if we're going to get much more, but. Yeah. Okay. All right, no, cool. so, it, it was the second overall pick. I apologize for okay. future reference. Yeah, and, and I can I can see that because then I misheard it too. Then so yeah, that's hard. I guess you just gotta kind of gotta play the field because when you're really looking at it, that second overall pick for an older Drew Holiday, I guess you kind of have to also assess, you know, how much longer um, the window is for. The Warriors, right? Like, how, how long is that window in with Drew Holiday there? How much more time do you have to win? Is it worth giving that up, or would you give it up for somebody? Maybe, and, and this is kind of a far shot, but like a booker who could lead your team farther on in the future. Yeah. Just quickly with uh, that um, that point, Brandon, before before I get to you quickly, that um, the idea of, of saying that their window is short. I don't know. We don't know about that window at all. We still have to see them play this year because you don't know what's happening with Clay. You don't know really how Steph's progressing with his injury. We don't know anything how that team is going without Kevin Durant. We don't know how they play without Igor Dala. This could be a completely different team for the better or for the worse. So I right. feel like we need we need to see. No, no, for sure. And, and that's why I said not, not with a specific. I said as an organization. And what I meant was as, as an organization, you need to, you know, kind of pay attention to uh, what your ceiling is, right? With this yes. team constructed the way that it is. I Absolutely. mean, I, if, if in my opinion, I think um, you're, you should use that second round pick to go after a big man. Because, I mean, yes, second you can really. Overall pick, or second, second overall. Pick. Jesus. Oh, and the so mix hard. I'm sorry. That's yeah, no, it's okay. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just... I've planted the seed. <laughs> no, I mean, you're going to use that second overall pick to go for a center. Like, for instance, I'm, again, throwing a name out there, that, that trade I, I mentioned with for Andre Drummond. Um, I, I think you have to because, you know, I, I don't think Kavon Looney or Marquise Chris is going to out-rebound Anthony Davis. And, and I, I don't think, I think that's going to They've still got Damian happen. Jones as well, don't they? Uh, Damian Jones. I don't see it. I don't see Damian Jones now. Maybe random contract, but he was a good. I I actually liked the way he played and complimented that side when he was starting for them. Damian Jones Damian is actually Jones. on the Atlanta Hawks right now. Yeah, fair enough. 
Um, so, you know, you're talking Kavan Looney at the center right now. If, you know, if even if you trade for Drew Holiday, your starting center is Kavan Looney with Marquise Chris coming off the bench. That doesn't cut it. Anthony Davis, who? Yeah, <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, who Davis? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, that small ball is not going to cut it on the second chance points. Now, mind you, you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, two of the greatest shooters. So, I mean, how much second chance points are you really going to need? You're still going to need some, but... It's more the rim protection. Really... It's more the rim protection you're missing out on there. That's, yeah. that's huge. No, for sure. And, I, you know, I think with a team constructed now of the Lakers, you know, I, that I think they also have a good perimeter defense. So I, I think, you know, it'd be difficult for a Golden State team to to compete without a big man, um, well, a traditional big man, um, regarding height-wise. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't know if that trade – I mean, the second overall pick, I don't know if that trade if that trade would work. I like, the, I like the points you guys mentioned, though, about the Wiggins and the Drew Holiday and complimenting each other, adding a piece of defense. I, I, I did like that. Um, but throwing in the second overall pick in there, that's – it's a little overboard. If you could throw a second round pick, then okay, maybe. <laughs> um, then I'd be down for it. But yeah, no. Um, the second overall pick, a little bit overboard for me. But um, yeah. uh, you know, what was another trade you said? Philadelphia, right, GZ? No, uh, you guys were saying the Philadelphia one, which is also interesting. But this is the this is the one that they um they said was the most. So they, they did one for the most reasonable. The most likely and the most out, outlandish, yeah. So the most outlandish was the um, the Golden State one, because this is such a big trade for such a, um, for such a different sort of player there. But the most reasonable was, uh, sorry, the most likely was the Nets one, more destination wise. This is the most realistic, was um, Drew Holiday to the Atlanta Hawks for Dwayne Dedman, Kevin Herter, and the um, six six overall pick. So. Oh. No, yeah, that's oh, the big I don't one like there. It. I'm just gonna. I like it if I'm, you guys if I'm go the in. Hawks. Really? For, yeah, for the absolutely. Six overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, you have you yep. have pieces, dude. You have pieces. You have Trey Young. You have Cam Reddish. You have John Collins. That team is set. You get Drew Holiday on there. That is a playoff bound team. Okay, but so you're talking playoff bound, but. If you're if you're talking the team is set, you're not talking playoffs. Now you're talking finals, right? So so if you potentially use that number six pick, um, or you know even use it to maybe get a little bit higher, can you then use all of those young pieces to go even farther? You you know what I mean? Like I, I get the veteran uh... presence, but. So that that's a really, really tricky spot to be in because do you want to be playoff bound for the next five years, but only playoff bound for the next five years? Or do you want to be finals bound in yeah. which one brings you there? Well, what I'm saying is next season, they'd be playoff bound, but you give Trey Young, Cam Reddish, John Collins two years, then I could see them Eastern Conference finals, finals bound. I can. I, I, I do think Trey Young... Is a, is going to be a championship winning point guard? I do. I believe it. I believe Cam Reddish has the skill set to be a successful player. And even if he stays in the Hawks with this team, if this team does not separate, I believe the Atlanta Hawks in I'd say give it three years, and they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals or even 
the finals. I just think it's important to add as well. You, you missed the big piece there that they um with um then on the Hawks you saying Cam Reddish. I think the, the big one as well is um DeAndre Hunter. He's a huge play, piece for them. Oh, huge. Um, going forward, he's he's a great player in his own right. But I, that's why I feel like for the development sake of development for those players, for your Trey Youngs, your Cam Reddishes, your DeAndre Hunters, those types of players, if you were to bring Drew Holiday on and he could even impart a fair bit of wisdom towards them, I feel like it's a huge it's a huge W for that organization uh, moving forward. But you're right when you say that the sixth pick might be enough. This is another trade where I believe that they could get away with avoiding by using the sixth so the sixth pick and, and, and add something else, maybe a future first or, or two seconds or something like that. I feel like they could avoid by giving that sixth, sixth pick away because people like to say that this is a weak top end of draft where you know, you've got your, your Edwards, your Wiseman, your Ball, your top end, your... Uh, you know, you've got a few of those players who are capable of, of starring on their team, but then it gets a bit weaker down. I feel like it's the opposite. I've, I love the uh, prospects of this year. Um, with the, Obviously, granted, we've had limited time to see them and assess them, but I feel like it's a def, definitely a draft where that sixth pick could come in handy and easily be the best player of that draft. I feel, feel like it's a very balanced draft um, in terms of talent. So I feel like, yeah, if you take out that sixth pick and you, if you still give them something enticing, um, enough to, to that could replace that six pick without obviously, you know, get pissing off the, the, the Hawks too much. So the Pelicans that much by giving them nothing. But I think they've got to realize as well, you know, you're giving up Drew Holiday at 30. You really couldn't expect, you know, a 20, 22 or 23 year old Kevin Herdo has actually shown a lot of promise. 29 or 30 year old Dwayne Denman and that six pick. I feel like it's way too much for that trade. And I, one piece I've to mention, they have Clint Capella. Like, Oh my goodness! Um, to that little piece that that you said, I know he cannot be traded right now. It, it shows he can't be on the ESPN trade machine. But I think that that piece that you trade, DeAndre Bembry, you know, it's it, a is it mine is a two point six million dollar contract, but it's one year, and and I think you know it, it's that small piece, mind you, doesn't replace the sixth pick, but it's still a good no, piece. It's I I would never no that that's that's you're too separated on um on talent there he's he's definitely a, he's not a bad player at all he does does rebound quite well for a guard at his size does pass the ball well does defend pretty well but it doesn't it wouldn't be like equivalent to that sixth pick I think like the future future first would definitely um be be good enough because there's still that always that chance that the Hawks don't make the playoffs again next year so it's it's enticing enough for the Pelicans and it, it gives them something to you know gives them something to look at. Uh, look forward to going to the future after you know they had such a big offseason last season. Let's move over to another Eastern Conference team. One that probably has the most to lose over the next year, year and a half, or has the potential to yeah, I I don't ever want to say gain because what you're losing isn't going to be brought back, but Milwaukee. So what do they do with Giannis, right? So, like, you, you, you went into a little bit earlier about how, you know, uh, quiet he's been and just kind of, you know, not really saying anything. And I know we've touched on it a couple times uh, before, but, so I, I mean, really the whole league is revolving around him for the next year, right? Like, everything goes to him. I feel like the rest of – the major players in the league um, 
are set where they are and he's like probably the biggest thing out there that could potentially move. Yeah. So you want to know uh, what happens with Giannis? Here we go. Na 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 <laughs> hey 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 goodbye. He gets traded. Uh, are you going to a Milwaukee fan after that or are you going to move nope, back to the nope. Bulls? No, I am I am a Giannis <laughs> fan. Where Giannis goes, I go. Oh, I Period. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm out. I'll see you guys later. Period. That's it for me. <laughs> I feel like this is a good stopping point to join us next week. Okay. <laughs> He's nah, look, going uh, to another team, and yeah. I will follow him to wherever he goes. Put him on Phoenix. I'm a Phoenix fan. Put him on Portland. I'm a Portland fan. Put him on Miami. I'm a Miami fan. I, I feel like if you learned Greek, he'll love you even more. There you I go. Can, we can teach you. We can teach you. But anyway, um, I feel like there's so much hype around this 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 move because short of LeBron's decision go, to go back to Cleveland, this is this is the big one. This is the one here. Like you had Kawhi. Uh, this is bigger than Kawhi's um, deal because people still had their questions about De- uh, Kawhi um, after Toronto, um, whether he'd stay when he when he made his decision to leave. There's people were still questioning why he'd leave. Um, but I was seeking. Oh, I'm, I'm looking sitting here thinking, there's got to be at least five, six teams sitting by their phones waiting for Milwaukee to make their call. Because while Milwaukee says right now we won't trade him, that's what they said about you know that's what people have said about Kevin Durant. Ooh, that's they 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 weren't going to give up give up on him. You know he's a very important player. But bang, gone. You know they, they, these players, these teams can't make decisions for contracted players anymore. It's not that type of league. The the power is with the players. It's hugely like, skewed towards the player's favor. So if he wants to leave, he'll leave. Because if he dares goes out and says that he wants publicly that he wants to trade, then his he's, trade value goes from five stars. And, and it's not going to say like a big drop, but, to, but down to four and a half stars, which is huge. So because you're thinking you could have got so much for him, but if you know that he's about to leave, like, people, you know, you'll be on the phone to, to Milwaukee. They'll be asking for these players. He goes, why would I do that? I've got cap next year. We'll just sign him then. You know, why would I give up too much for this player now? So I feel like they, they're keeping him under wraps, but they are exploring their options. I've heard rumors that Milwaukee is definitely looking at their options. And I feel like if you're asking me for my personal opinion, um, seeing these decisions go past, there's been too many instances where players leave for nothing. If he wants to leave, that's fine. I feel like they should trade him now. He need, they need a concise answer for him. Yes, no, where do you want to go? That's what, you know, they need to know. Do you want to sign this Supermax and make $250 million, which is a ton of money, you know, absolute ton. And it's it's probably $60 million more than you're going to get anywhere else um, for any max contract. So they need to know what his decision is, where he wants to go, because it's not going to be just, okay, you want to get traded? We'll trade you here. No, they need to know where he wants to go. And then they, they have to talk to that team. Whether it's Miami, Dallas, um, Golden State, you know, Toronto, Clippers, you know, I, I've heard rumors that, the, you know, the Clippers were interested as well by trading one of their big pieces. But, you know, you never know. These these teams are waiting by the phone, waiting for their chance to, to have a crack at this trade. Yeah, you know, I, I see in your chat and I've heard it before that people think that they're going to go ahead and, and trade pieces and bring in another star, potential star, Here's the problem with that. Here's here's the whole issue with that. Now, if you're every other team in the NBA, right, or any other team that physically thinks you have a shot, though basically any good team, um, 
with a star willing to give up that you could pair Giannis with, you're not trading that guy. You're going to just kick back and you're going to wait a year and you're going to sit there and just wait for Giannis to just leave. And then you got your shot for free. You don't have to give up anything. So I don't know. I mean, that's on top of Milwaukee not really having pieces to trade right now that are worth a star, you know, that that's going to give Giannis what he needs. I, I feel like you're right. I feel like he probably will go at some point this year. I just, you know, God, I hope it doesn't become like a, a Kawhi Leonard thing in San Antonio where it just gets into a big mess. I'd rather have this be like, hey, this is where I want to go. You kind of try that to work out a trade. That could open so quickly, though. That could yeah. open so quickly. That's right. such a, that was such a unique situation of a player distinctively saying he doesn't want to be there and, and, and he was such a quiet player. And it came out of nowhere. I, th- I feel like that caught them so off guard that they had no intentions of trading him because they, they didn't know if he was being serious or not. Like, you, you couldn't believe well, half right. the stuff because, yeah. But but you think about it, Giannis is kind of the same way. He's a super quiet dude, just wants play, you know, whatever. Like, does that turn into that? Because in all reality, when you sit down and you look at it and you go, man, who wants to play in Milwaukee, right? Like, like what do they have besides Giannis that makes me think that they're capable of winning? There's, they're really, I mean, Middleton? No, I mean, come on. I know. I feel as well there's such a, such a high risk of trying to get – the reason why Chris Paul – this is why I believe – and I was talking to a friend about this the other day who's, um, um, you know, he's, he's very – he's like me, very you know, involved in these trades and these um these situation scenarios. Um, he and I believe that Chris Paul had a chance to go there, to, to Milwaukee, this season. Uh, like not, not, not just this season, I'm saying before the playoffs and even now. He has a chance to go there. He will not accept a deal from that team. Because there's such a high probability that such a high risk involved. If you don't make the playoffs, even if you go there and you don't make, if you don't make the finals, you know, you're stuck on that team. Even if even if Giannis goes, you're stuck then on that team. If Chris Paul goes there on a two-year deal, which is what he's going to want to go there and to get him, or actually, no, I believe that he's still contracted. They had to actually trade for him, so he's going to be stuck on a team without Giannis if they don't make the finals next year. There's too much risk involved. I don't feel as a star that you'd want to put yourself in that position. I've stayed quiet for a while. Um, Welcome back. You know, I, th- thanks. Um, no, I agree. I don't think any star would, would want that. Um, you know, looking at, looking at the stars that could, you know, come to Milwaukee and, and bring... Milwaukee a a a finals appearance I don't think there's anyone that would want to do that I think it's more so bring Giannis to us um so I think honestly there's nothing that they could do because in my opinion they have one of the worst playoff point guards in history of the NBA in Eric Bledsoe um just absolutely poor guy just just, I feel so bad for that guy oh my god and then the GM giving Chris Middleton a max contract a um, couple of years ago. It, just, uh, it blows my mind. Five-star NBA player right there. Oh, five-star yep. Chris Middleton, you know, averaging, what, <sighs> 18 points a game? Are you kidding me? That's a it looks max like an contract? Antelope. That annoys me. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's garbage. I mean, no. the GMs and the GMs in the front office – 
made enough mistakes that they screwed that team. It's over. Giannis is going to either get traded this year or he's going to leave unless for some miraculous reason he makes the finals. And what is that team left with? Dante DiVincenzo is what that team is left with. Like, that's... Boom. <laughs> oh, Osa point God. Right there. Osa point God in the making right like, there. Second come coming on. of Derrick Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean in the sense that he tears his ACL every season? No, no, oh, I mean, like, he's flying above the rim. He gets, dude, I mean, it's just nothing but... Alex good. Caruso with the jumper oh, yes. of, you know, it just might as oh. well give Steph Curry jumper to Caruso and then you've got DiVincenzo. That's okay. a good trade. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. I, regarding Milwaukee in that sense, I think, no, they're screwed. It's over. They have to go through. They have to go through another rebuild or they have to, like, carry out what they have now, trade away pieces for draft picks and just start over because they messed up and they messed up big time. I'm just going to say one more thing and then I'm going to be quiet because I know how much I'm very, um, you know, uh, I'm skewed towards my Miami background. But if you could, I'm just going to use them as an example. I'm not saying that he should go there. I'm just saying as an example. You put him in a situation where he doesn't leave this year. He doesn't get traded. They bring in Chris Paul. They, they, they inevitably get knocked out in the second round again by Miami or by, you know, by Philadelphia, just for, for argument's sake reason. I'm you picking Atlanta out. at this point. Sorry, bud, but I'm picking Atlanta over him at this point. Oh, my God. I, 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 agree. I feel like. I feel like it's just doomed at the end of the day with, with Giannis. But just say, yeah, they never really get knocked out of the playoffs. He wants to leave. You, Miami, Miami calls him up. Um, he's got two houses in Miami, by the way. If you didn't know, he's got a condo and a real house, you know, in Miami. So he's very, you know, uh, catch the area like with the local community there. Um, he goes up there and he goes, I want to play for you guys. You know, just as a, as a hypothetical. Okay, no worries. We've got $42 million worth of cap space. And we haven't even re-signed Bam yet. So you come, well, then we can use our, um, our uh, bird rights to sign Bam back. And given that we've still kept Tyler Hero and Duncan Robertson. You look at it this year. If they went up to Miami this year and said, do you want Giannis? They'd, Pat Riley would be ridiculous to say no. You, you, you'd say yes, you do, we do. But what do you want to give up? They're going to be asking for Bam. They're going to be asking for Tyler Hero. They're going to be asking for Duncan Robertson. Those types of players will be involved in the deal. If you can snatch a Bam at a bio um, for Giannis, then you, I won't say you've won that trade, but you've definitely given yourself a, re, a re, revitalized life, especially if you added Tyler Hero into that deal. He's shown such potential um, in the short time he's been in the NBA. I feel like you can't underestimate the power of a trade before a player goes to free agency because you can get so much for him for, for literally all you're banking on is the fear of missing out. If you see, Oh, you know what? Golden State's involved as well. We'll have to overpay to get him. Which in actual fact, you would probably be able to do it for less. You just poked the bear. You poked, you poked it. Miami would be dumb to make that trade or even. Yeah, absolutely. Close. Like, like you just wait your year. You shut your mouth. You go back to the finals again, <laughs> and you just you just you just wait for him to come to your door. There's no no way. I look, dude. Here's 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 the inevitability of it. They're gonna you know possibly trade him, and they're gonna trade him. It, it, it's honestly not. I don't think it's really gonna matter where he wants to go. It's gonna be whatever gives them the best trade package, and then he's just gonna flunk out on whoever that is too, unless it's like a great team. 
and then he's going to sit there and he's going to sit back and he's going to weigh all of his options. And Miami's a huge option for him, for sure. And if there is a team that is able to work everything around to get him, it's Miami for sure. Um, they would be they would be dumb to even. I wouldn't even pick up the phone. I'm going to be honest. Teams this year, I feel it, it's really weird to me. I feel like if I were every other team in the NBA, I wouldn't even pick up the phone. I just give it the year. Like you're in a weird year anyway. You're 72 games. You're in the bubble. There's no fans. Like forget that, dude. Just drop the year. Who cares? I mean, Sixers threw away 775 years before they got good, right? So just. <sighs> Drop a year, go get, you know, try your shot at them next year. And if you don't get them, then you start, you know, going after other stuff. But I, I, I don't know. Like, definitely, I think Miami will try to trade them. But every team should just kind of relax. Yeah. No, I, 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 I feel like. I feel like Bam's too valuable. Sorry, Brandon, you go. I've been talking too much. No, you're good. Okay, so wait. Did you just, did you just like, compare Bam to Giannis? Um... Yes, I did compare Bam to Giannis. Okay, so there's one more thing I wanted to talk about, because um, that would be another hour. Um, if if you guys have no other comments on that, there's one quick thing I wanted to add in here that I just saw not too long ago. Um, a couple days ago, there have been reports out of many Boston, um, Boston newspapers, Boston websites, Boston blogs that. Gordon Hayward might not take the player option mm. for thirty-four million dollars. He's stupid. He I'm won. sorry. I, why? I, he says why he wants he out of. He says he wants out of Boston. Well, yeah, but I, I guess more. Why is he stupid? Here's the thing that just. Oh my well, god! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, think about it. Just, just think about it for a second. Right. Yeah, okay, $34 million, and to me and you doing a podcast and here not making $34 million, holy crap, we can never, you know, achieve that, and or maybe not, whatever, like, like we can't fathom it, right? Okay, cool. But now you got a guy who can fathom it because he was worth it at one point. Is he worth it now? Ah, that's hard, right? But here's what that does, okay? One, he should get out of Boston. He, his game is not suited for that team right now, right? So my, my, my thought on his thought process would be, okay, cool. I resigned for that amount of money. Now my trade value dips. Can, like My trade value to a team that I can potentially be a good player on that can help you know, maybe win a title goes down tremendously. If you take that now, you step that aside, you sidestep it, and you go into the market by yourself, right? You No, you're probably not getting over $30 million for sure until you prove yourself, right? But maybe you take a two-year deal at a lower amount at a better team where you become three-quarters of what you were previously, and then the next little contract you get winds up being bigger. Uh, um, um, yeah, you got Brandon. I got some things to say. <laughs> okay, so Gordon Hayward is now thirty. Um, in my opinion, he will never be even three quarters of what he ever was. 
He's for me, he's not even worth twenty million dollars. He's maybe worth fifteen. Um, with the injuries he's had, I put him in a Derrick Rose category. Until like, I don't even think he's going to prove himself. I think his, I, I, yes, sure. Twenty nineteen, fifty two games played, seventeen and a half points a game. There's proof there. He gets injured again. I, 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 I truly think on no team in these in the NBA, unless you're talking about some garbage team like the Hornets. No offense to Hornets fans. That he doesn't even start. You put him on the Bulls. I'm not starting him. Like no, I, I'll put him on the bench. Like I, I will put. I swear, I will put Otto Porter Jr. above Brian Hayward right now. I don't want him on the Bulls. No, I, I don't well, want him actually, on the Bulls anyway. No, I funny. want him on the Bulls. I, lo- I looked <laughs> up Gordon Hayward. I looked up Gordon <laughs> Hayward and it says Chicago Bulls was the first thing that came up. So I hope you well, know that. Oh God, that <laughs> makes me want to cry. But oh no, hold on, hold on. Listen, to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what if we haven't seen the potential after injuries because of the system? Like, the, the, the system that you play in brings out so much in you as a player, and that system's not catered to him, and it shouldn't be. They have way better players, right? Like, sure. Like, he was brought in in a different era of the team. Okay. Like Grant and Williams. It, Right, and it, it, it didn't work, okay? And that's cool. So now he's kind of a leftover, right? They went their separate way. They went to go build a different way. And now he's kind of just like a, yeah, you're here type of guy. Cool. What about the right system, though? Like, we just don't know. And that's all I'm saying. You know, you don't, it, it, it's hard to say that, like, he's, he's just a pure shooter. He didn't really have much other than being a pure shooter, right? And he, he was really good at it. Now, are you going to sit here and tell me that after some leg injuries, Steph Curry forgot how to shoot? No. And, and I know Maybe. that they're not in the same room. They're, he's not going to forget how to shoot, right? And, <laughs> and I, I don't know. It, it's, hard to, it's, hard, it's hard to sit here Have and say Have you seen Thunderstruck? Have you seen Thunderstruck? Have you seen Thunderstruck? It happens, all right? It's a real problem in today's NBA. I'm, so I'm just – I'm saying. I don't know. It's, it's – I, I think – it's a good idea for him. I think it's a good idea to explore the options to put him in a better system. And yes, you're going to lose the over 30 million and I get it. And I get that he's 30, but dude, in the right system, you never know. So you're saying take a chance. I no, would I at, at, at this point, I would take the chance personally okay. because you're not getting anything in Boston. Okay. I, I, you know, I, I can see that for sure. <laughs> Um, and, and one quick, quick note I want to, I want to know is kind of funny. Um, so, so Gordon Hayward and his wife just had their fourth kid, finally had a, finally had a boy, um, Gordon Theodore Hayward. And what is, what, of course, what is G or what is Gordon going to call him? GT. So, uh, with that, let me hear your thoughts on it. Coming to my, my local basketball team. That's what that means. We're paying him $34, not 34 million. Now, Uh, let me, let me just, let me just set the stage. Yeah. Thirty-four million dollars. I can't understate that number enough. Do you understand how much Chick Fil A, how much Macca's, how much K, how much food you could buy for thirty-four million? I know I'm just being a joker now, okay. but how much you could do with thirty-four million? That is a really good weekend at Vegas, right there. That is just the best. But being more serious now, Nerlens Noel is a name that's not talked about much anymore. Let me just tell you a story about him very quickly. 
He was offered only off season a four year, sixty six million dollar deal by the Dallas Mavericks. He did not take it, and he went to Oklahoma because he believed he had a better shot of winning a championship. Now, guess where he is? He's at Burger King right now serving. He does. He does not have a job. When you don't take the money, sh- th- things go wrong. Things go bad. You need to be. You're only in this business for a certain amount of time. I don't care if you think you can go better. You can go get a better deal. I don't know what team in their right mind will pick up a guy like that, um, especially one that's contending above a Celtics at the moment. Because when you think about the Celtics, there's probably about five teams that that realistically have a better or or, or, or um, similar chance of contending as they do. If you want to go take a pay cut, that's fine. But you, you, you go take the pay cut, but don't expect you for yourself to get put on a Golden State Warriors, a Clippers. Um, or anything like that. I believe that he is better off taking the money than, than asking for a trade where you can facilitate something better because contracts are huge now and you can get something good for him. The only point I'm going to make to that is you compared him, which has, I mean, let's, let's back that up for a minute and let's look at the two careers between okay. Gordon Hayward Noel. and New Orleans <laughs> Noel. Like, <laughs> I understand where you were going with it, but let's not act like those two were ever in some sort of comparison as far as Hey, I like Noel so well. He was a good I, player. I, I didn't I didn't say I didn't either, no. but like two completely different <laughs> no. roles. One can score the ball and find the right basket. I mean it, like all I'm saying <laughs> we have no, my to, point there was the money. The money was the only thing I only met contract. <laughs> I, 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 I fully get that. I fully do. <laughs> but like here's my thing, right? Let's say let's say you go out on the market, okay? And because at this point he's made a good amount of money. Okay, maybe he just wants to win. There are still some players that just want to win. Let's say, and this is a hypothetical. Let's say a, a Lakers come up to you and say, I have you know, a, a two-year, I don't know, eight million dollar contract. Let's see, let's see, fifteen, maybe fifteen, right? Because that that type of shooting, if it's right, might help. Well, now you can win a championship, and then like potentially you do well. Maybe they'll sign you for a couple more years, right? And, and you're still making good money, but now you're winning, and that winning not only solidifies you as a player, obviously, because you won a championship but it brings other money in other places, right? You know, now you're a champion. So now you're, you're looked at more for coaching and in X, Y, and Z like that, that stuff is like a longer game. It's not always just the money up front in a, in a $34 million, you know, here's a a $34 million contract. You're going to suck the rest of your time. Nobody's ever going to remember you again. You're going to be New Orleans. Well, like you might, you, you might take the pay cut, but then get enough the, with Nerlens. <laughs> hey, yeah, I didn't bring him up. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe he plays a longer game and wins a championship for right. Maybe it's eight million. Maybe he wins it for eight million, but then that puts him in contention for something else down the road, whether it be, you know, uh, assistant coaching jobs or you know, reporter. I, I don't know. Whatever, whatever he does. But I, I like the dropping that just because of what team he's on in the system, and it doesn't really fit. So for me, I think um, the reason I would, would take that player option is just because, you know, like you said with, with the whole 
you know, Pat Riley with Giannis. Just sit, take your finals appearance, whatever. I understand Boston, the, the likelihood of Boston making a finals this year, it, it's up there, but it's not on the likes of Miami. I get it. But, you know, I would, if it's just one year, I would definitely just sit on my butt and play, you know, for $34 million. And then the year after that, go try to find a championship. Because, yes, I, I, I emphasize the age. And he's going to be 31 in March. But, you know, if you sit on your butt for one year and, you know, you okay, you know, yeah. we didn't win a championship. You take $34 million. Well, you, you can still go to the Lakers and, and say, you know, get a two two-year $15 million contract. Is it only I mean, one year? Is it? Yeah, I feel like I thought, thought it was two, but it might it be one two? with one with the know, team option or one with the player. You, I don't know if you said that. I thought it was more than a one-year deal. Bro, if uh, it's a one-year up. deal, I'm just gonna I'm gonna break my leg for the year and be done, <laughs> and I'm taking thirty-four million dollars and I'm out. I mean, I'm pr- yeah. Uh, let's. I'm gonna look uh, here. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Chick Fil A that Nerlens Noel is working at. And I'm gonna buy a whole <laughs> bunch of food. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying you should have taken that $66 million Dallas Mavericks offer. No, right? It was actually stupid. 70. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's a one year. 2021, he'll be a free agent. Yeah, no, you take that. So I, did, I didn't know it was a one year. I yep. I just heard you said $34 million. I don't And I don't know if you said the amount of years and maybe I missed it. I didn't. No, I did not. Okay, so so I, I was no, we, we thinking. Didn't, we didn't mention it, no. I, I thought it was longer. Four year, than, four year deal. <laughs> a two year deal. Yeah, no, no, but one year deal. Yeah, I mean, with this weird NBA going like this, yeah, no, for sure. You, you take that and you just, you know, go get. Well, if it's a player option, if it's a player option, then I think we had to have deducted more reasonably that it was only a one year deal because you can only have yeah. a player option in the last year of your deal with an option to extend. Exactly. I, 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 the only there's something you brought up a point a, a fair bit ago with the, with this trade that you were talking about or this um this Gordon Hayward situation. Um, he should leave. He should decline the deal to go somewhere better. And you know what? I actually have to agree with something that you said there. There is no way in in, in any situation um, of a team that has, like I said, a better chance or the same chance of making the finals as Boston, um, a team that has $34 million in cap space to trade for a Gordon Hayward. So yeah, the only reason, reason you leave is, is the only uh, fathomable um, you know, idea of him leaving would have to have been you know, by him taking a mad deal, but saying that, you know, you're right. And we're both, we're all, I think we're all come to an agreement that he should take the money. Yep. For sure. Yep. Um, I think that's all I have today. What about you guys? Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. I'm going to throw I'm one gonna go more thing in there. Well, I'm going to throw one more thing in there before, before we get done here. So at the, at the very end of the, not the Gordon, the, the one right before Gordon Hayward, you said the the Bam Adebayo is as good as no Giannis. No. Hold on, hold, no. hold, hold, <laughs> hold for a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not saying he's as good. Listen to what I'm gonna say. Give me a second here, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Here's what I'm gonna say to Miami. Adebayo is almost as valuable as Antetokounmpo is to Milwaukee. And I think it's. I, like I think that, it's. I think it's a. It's no. It's a value. <laughs> hold on. It's a value proposition. Throw right. your. Throw your. Throw your bias aside. Okay. What Bam is going to be in four years? Even even what he showed, you know, this last uh, off season, right? 
made him stupidly valuable to them. Just imagine four years from now how that man could potentially start to shift the game back to a big man's game. Yes, yeah, no, for right? sure. Like if, if he just keeps going. So I think in a value proposition, is he as good? Like, obviously, he's not as good overall. But in a value proposition to Miami, I think he is almost as valuable as Antetokounmpo is to Milwaukee. But no, that's, yeah. you know. I mean, his game reminds me of, like, a Shaq. Like, you know, he's got that inside game, that rebounding game, that second second chance point game. Like, it, it literally reminds me of Shaq. I mean... I, I, I agree with the value proposition of it. Don't get me wrong. I agree with that. But um, I think you give him a couple of years because I know you and I, Chris, before this whole pandemic hit and before the season started, we said, watch Bam Adebayo. Um, we were talking about that. Um, and I mean, watch Bam Adebayo. I mean, look what he did. That was a, a, an incredible season. Um, Pretty sure his wrist yeah. is still sore after that Jason Tatum block. Oh, yeah, no, no, right? His wrist would be munted. God, disgusting. Um, Gross. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, if you're Pat Riley, you, you don't explore the option of trading Bam out of bio. Um, no. like it, You're sold on Bam, in my opinion. You're sold. If you, after what you've seen from him and what he can be and what he can do and what he what, how much potential and room he has to grow, I feel like mm. you, you can't – unless you go and you get yourself like a Bradley Beal with, and then you trade Bam – for Giannis, just in the hypothetical like that, where you, you need a complete team now, like you need it now. And Giannis can provide that, but Bam still has a year or two left. That's the only yeah. time I, I feel like Pat Riley would make the decision. Obviously not me. I'm not working yet for the Miami Heat. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like Giannis, yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right, Chris, with the, with the value side of things. Milwaukee value um, Giannis, but they're also exploring their options. You're like, you're right. They, they value him, but to an extent, because you're not going to sacrifice all chances of a 10-year bleak. If, you, if you're if you banking on him staying and your um, trade-off is that if it doesn't if, if it doesn't go um, the way you plan, you have a 10-year dark period, just like the Knicks are having a 15-year one. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not worth it, in my opinion. But, bam, because Bam is so versatile, so good, and so so happy where he is, I feel like you have to keep him above all else. For sure. I just wanted to throw yep. it in there. I'm I happy with that. that. No, for sure. But, for sure. But uh, I, I think we're good. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. I'll just roll us off on this one because I was awesome. not here, not here uh, last week. But um, so, you know, I, I think we had a, a really good discussion um, for everybody out there. Our socials are out there. Um, I need to do a lot better about getting on mine for sure. I know you guys have been, been doing my best. Yep. I know you guys have been on there. Uh, I've been seeing that. So just I'm tagging, us you. On us. I'm yeah, tagging I, you a lot of things, I, Chris. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I need to, I need to get back <laughs> on to, I've had a lot going on over the last week, but uh, just, oh, uh, yeah. you know, for, for everybody out there, just uh, go ahead, follow us, you know, put your questions on socials. And, and like I always say on anchor as well, too, you can uh, voice your, um, questions through anchor and we can go yep. ahead and answer them right on the podcast but uh yeah a, I, I, go ahead and a quick side note huge shout out to ralph lawler um you know i, I tagged him in that post that i uh, posted he that, yeah he did respond uh that's actually the second time he's responded to me um so that was really cool uh to see him you know remember the picture remember the name remember the venue all that good stuff and uh 
And yeah, that was, I just thought that was a really cool uh, picture to repost on there for like a one year thing of that happening. But yeah, I think that's all. Yeah. So um, I'm happy with that. Uh, everybody have a good one and we will see you in the next podcast.